and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. Today's episode is five reasons why you are not losing fat. And we think this is a really appropriate... Hello, monster can. Oh, it's not it's a actually monster. a rain can. Rain can today. Every day it pains me. Every single day it pains me. Well, people, people know <laughs> what's going on now from last week's episode. And last week's episode really got a, a great reaction. It so did. I'm really, I'm really it happy did, with that, yeah. and I'm really happy that it um, helped educate some people as well on, on possibly things that they didn't understand or didn't know or were misguided from our wonderful media. Yes, definitely. And just before we actually dive into talking about today's podcast, we have a very, very exciting launch. I was going to say an announcement. It's kind of an announcement, kind of a launch. The MCS Beauty Loops are officially restocking on Friday at 7 p.m. BST. We do shit worldwide. Anyone in the whole entire world can get their hands on them. I'm literally so excited. Make sure you head over to the school Instagram page at my coach school and my page and Ben's page because there's a lot of information on there, a lot of images, a lot of pictures, a lot of excitement. But yeah, Friday 7 p.m. BST. And we'll also be restocking some of the barbell pads mm. as well. I think a lot of people probably saw it on both mine and your story the other day. Obviously, I stole the show with um, the, the product shoot. I was looking Beyonce-like of my bands. Yeah, for sure. So we obviously just wanted to let you know about that. But today's podcast is all about why you're not losing fat. Now, I think it's important to take a step back and pinpoint what you're doing now that is preventing you from actually losing fat. And it could be something so simple that you've never really considered before because we get it a lot of times in our DMs from members, from clients, oh God, like I'm just not losing fat. And you, they, well, they get really, really frustrated and really pissed off, which I can fully appreciate. But have you actually taken into consideration these five things that we are going to discuss today? I think it's... It's not even so much taking it in consideration. Like I think and I feel like some people will and this is speaking from like to other personal trainers and other coaches, a lot of clients will sometimes get agitated or angry with the coach because they're looking for someone external to blame, like it's their fault. But Yeah. And sometimes when I say everything is your fault, it is your fault, but sometimes it you can be putting in like a hundred percent work or believe you're putting in hundred percent work. But some of these reasons are almost flying below the radar. And yeah, it's something that you're not necessarily doing on purpose. Like you're not necessarily going out and eating a shitload or getting boozed and getting bougie or whatever you're doing. It's it's generally something that you are putting 100% into it. But because of these underlying factors that you're not taking into consideration or you are hard into your diet and you're just an autopilot. So you forget about these kind of underlying things that may be directly affecting your weight loss or your fat loss and by changing these it'll have a massive impact yeah definitely and there's I would say there's the three most important things that we kind of discussed before this 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 podcast that people are not so you're not genetically cursed I mean everyone has different genetics and it will play a part in where you store fat how you build muscle but you're not genetically cursed it doesn't mean you can't do it you don't have a completely damaged metabolism and you're not too old. Like we get this a lot in terms of questions like, oh, like, am I too old to start losing fat or building muscle or achieve my goals? Definitely not. That's not a consideration 
into the factors yeah. of, of fat loss or obviously with muscle building with age it will be a little bit different in terms of hormones and testosterone and things like that but doesn't mean you can't yeah. do it it's not it's not black or white is basically what you're trying to say and if someone yeah, else yeah, has done yeah. it then you can do it i do understand that for a very 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 small percentage of people there will be underlying factors such as um medical reasons why they yeah. may not be able to lose weight thyroid Thy- thyroid example. problems yeah which which may play a role and obviously again though there is people with thyroid problems who have lost weight and who have lost fat so again if someone else had done it you can do it as well well yeah we've had numerous clients and i i still have a few clients on now who have underactive thyroids and you just have to really really listen to that client but then also that client has to take into consideration everything you are explaining to them because it might be a little bit different for them or whatever but it's definitely definitely doable Mm -hmm. now the first point we wanted to dive into and i think this one is the most important and it's Mm -hmm. definitely the most common is where people actually underestimate their overall calorie intake and this is this means you are unknowingly overeating which is obviously going to prevent fat loss occurring as more than likely it's going to take you out of your calorie deficit and for those of you who aren't 100% sure a calorie deficit is just eating fewer calories than you are expending on a day-to-day basis and again this is definitely for me personally the most common one where people I think fall up kind of trip up by underestimating what they're actually eating and I say like literally over 99% of people who are on a fat loss or weight loss journey underestimate yeah, it's not their ju- actual calories it's not just like people who are new to dieting or people who are um a client coaches do this all the time I've done it fucking loads of times yeah like I'm trying to remember I think we got um stir fry or something from Asda and I was putting into my fitness pal and put it in wrong and you said well it's not actually the right calories and it was like double because mm-hmm. I was only putting half in it's it's so easy to, to do even oh if oh my god sorry I just remembered an idea carry on I remember I thought I basically finished that yeah. oh do you remember when I did it with the pancakes oh my god yeah, that was actually yeah so you, you can get they're these, like they're like freaking house bricks you can get these huge pancakes from Asda and I love pancakes and I, I was on a cut at that time and I was having three pancakes a day. But when I actually scan them, because they're like baked in Asda, the barcode is for the smaller pancake. So I thought each pancake was 78 calories. In my head, I was like, mm, could be like, you never know. We were kind of like, yeah, mm, they're fucking huge, by not. the they're way, like these other pancakes. Per pancake, it was 270 calories. And I've been having three a day for about six weeks. And I, I, I came to this this predicament. I was like, oh my God, I've been overeating my calories by like 600 or 700 calories a day. So it definitely is easily done, even from coaches and from a perspective where we're super experienced with nutrition and food and calories. It is definitely easily done. So having a look at that, maybe in your diet, is super important. 100%. I mean, but just go to show sometimes though, it's not as detrimental if you're not on a weight loss journey because quite clearly what you were doing there and yeah, nothing happened nothing happened and obviously what we're trying to get at the same time is is that when you are on a weight loss journey and you're in a caloric deficit 
these margins are a hell of a lot smaller so you need to pay a lot more attention to those little things that could be creeping into your diet whereas if you're sort of hitting maintenance or you're in a surplus and you're looking to build more muscle tissue then a couple of hundred calories or a couple of calories either side isn't going to be as detrimental you don't need to be as I suppose nitpicky as or about the calories as if you were in a deficit because it becomes a lot more important now we've, we've pulled this and me and Lucy discussed this before it was um, a paper that was in the British Journal of Nutrition and it was a research paper that was done on, I think it was females that were looking to lose weight. Yeah. I can't remember the research and the experiment that's done exactly, but I know that the females that they measured, they were looking at weight loss and the females were or said they were on 1,340 calories per day. And they were then measured for, okay, how much weight did you lose over so this this time? And they actually lost no weight. Mm-hmm. Um, when the researchers did a little delve into the amount of calories that the females were actually on, they were actually on 2,500 calories per day. 2,586. Oh, there we go. That's, That's nearly 2,600 calories. It's, it's, it's more than 1,000 calories over than what they were estimating. And that was them being, or what they thought they were being honest about their calories so when we look at that kind of data and that kind of research of how the females actually undercounted or underaccounted for the amount of calories they were having is astronomical and it's no wonder that they weren't losing weight because they're probably at maintenance or even over maintenance into a surplus with that amount of calories and it wasn't until the researchers actually brought the food down and delved into this and they, they looked at what they were actually having and they started hitting that 1340 calories was when they actually started to lose weight yeah definitely and this is where it kind of comes into most people are just really bad at estimating the amount of calories in food and I wanted to give the example of the infamous Instagrammable avocado on wholemeal toast with a drizzle of oil now I think a lot of people would say yeah around like 350 cows but it's actually like 620 to 650 calories depending on how much oil you have and this isn't bad I'm not saying avocado and toast is bad it's absolutely delicious I have toast every single day but the point of the fact is people underestimate what they're actually eating and a lot of the time this is what I used to do I used to estimate foods and I used to automatically put it lower in my head to make myself feel better so I used to think like oh avocado and toast 300 cows but it's actually 620, but you know I just what? used to not account for it. I'm going to say something quite controversial here. I'm not actually that much of a big fan of avalon toast. I mean, I think it's... I, I can't remember the last time I had it. I, I it's would a bit overrated. to have... A full English. No, I'm, I'm still talking <laughs> about avo. We're still, on the, we're still on the avo topic. I would much prefer to have it as... You know when you have it with chips and you have... Guacamole. Have guacamole. Yeah. Oh, wow. Fuck me. I could, I could, I could just eat... Yeah guacamole out the bowl remember when we had that mexican when we were in australia i went they, they brought them out basically if you can imagine like um all these bowls that used to match mash stuff up i know what you mean when you grind things yeah and so these the big bowls. stone bowls full of uh guacamole and i went through two of them i don't, I don't know what the calories probably were on there it was it was yeah. astronomical but avocado is well expensive as well by the way especially when you buy it in a restaurant so not only is it financially expensive it's also calorically expensive as well so that's just something to look out for same for peanut butter your peanut butter is 100 calories per like level tablespoon or 25 grams is it 20 yeah, grams something like that and i think that's what's actually 
difficult with social media and avocado and peanut butter for a lot of people they'd be like oh that's a good food and it's like you could have a mars bar for 180 cows is that considered a bad food no like there's no good food there's no bad food there's no categories there's carbs fats and proteins people like it doesn't do you know what I mean? Like people would think, oh, like I can't have that. It's a bad food. I can't have that. It's a good food. Yeah. Have a little look at your overall calorie intake and what you can have that day and see what you can fit into it. This is the thing whilst with- Whilst being balanced. This is my argument against, and I know a lot of people seem to be posting it at the moment. And I do understand that it's different for different people, but about either one people eating intuitively or two people who slag off diet plans because- Diet plans for a lot of people work. And mm. I found for me it works. I found for clients it works. Just simply giving people a calorie intake sometimes isn't going to cut it. Because like we just seen from the British um, Journal of Research there, people can massively oh, overestimate calories because they're putting in foods that they don't really account for or they're putting in foods that they don't calorically understand in quantities either. So sometimes if, if people do this versus having a diet plan, a set, set program of food to have and even if that includes variants of meals where they can switch in and out which is what we tend to do a lot of the time is that at least people know right i'm having this food this amount of quantity i know it fits within this calorie intake and i'm not shooting miles over so for a lot of people intuitive eating or just eating hitting calories isn't cutting the mustard because they still go well as we're just seeing from that research paper a lot of people still go massively over yeah i think there's a there's a stigma around like calorie counting and diet plans. And if you're on like a diet plan or a nutrition plan or counting calories, you're so strict, like you have no life. Hold the fuck up, why, why? Do you know what I mean? There's such a stigma behind having that. And no, no, you don't have to eat intuitively. Like I go through phases. I personally prefer following a diet plan. I find it easier. It doesn't mean you're strict and you're anal. It just means you rather have something to follow because personally for you, that is better. Some people will do better off just having calories and macros. Some people will do better off not tracking at all. Some people do better off intuitive eating. Don't just base it off what you see other people doing. Base it off what you know works for you. It's preference. Again, though, it's the same when it comes to looking after your bank account and counting money. Some people would just go, bang, this is going in, this is going out, and I'm quite happy with that. Where some people prefer to have like a breakdown, statements, financial report of what they're doing, in versus out in a more systematic way, like I know you do. It's the same when it comes to the diet plans. I do agree that some people will just need the calorie intake. I agree that some people can intuitively and then some people will need a diet plan. It's just, it depends on the individual and you can't tarnish any avenues because people will respond differently to different ways and different methods. Yeah, 100%. Now, the second point, and it kind of intertwines. Ooh, sorry, one second. There's one note that I've made there that we haven't touched on and that's condiments. That's the, that's the second point. Okay, you've touched on my second point. I'll let you you continue. (laughs) The second point, as Ben just stated, is condiments and liquid calories. Now, I just wanted to throw a a few examples that I've pulled up for you. A Starbucks latte, medium, grande, has 190 calories. One tablespoon of mayo contains 103 calories. Mayo light, game changer, by the way. Mayo light, 39 cals. And one tablespoon of olive oil for cooking is around. <laughs> what? Why was that so funny? Say that again. Cooking. No, say the whole sentence again. 
one tablespoon of olive oil for cooking. You said it so quick and you went for fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you need one tablespoon of oil for Ooh, fucking. Oh, don't do that for fucking. <laughs> Equals 100 calories. So now, this could equate to over 350 calories a day, completely taking you out of your deficit. And we've had this many a times, especially with Starbucks and like costas and things. 190 calories in a latte, a medium latte. That's freaking... big. I mean, that's insane. Have an Americano and pop some milk in, like, rather than having a latte. I think I've spoke about this story before, but I'm going to swing it back to... Oh, it's it's a heavy, heavy situation. I'm sure I've spoke about it before on the podcast, but I had had a client who was with me on a 12-week program, uh, Better Bodies program, by the way, that has just opened up for the October intake. So Mm. if you'd like to know more about one-to-one work with me, on my Better Body 12-week program, transformation program, then you can drop me an email over to ben at com. Sort of plug there. But yeah, he was on the program with me and we had him in a deficit. He was doing a little bit of cardio to start with. And even at the start of the program where you generally will see quite a little, quite a bit of fat loss or a bit of weight loss, he wasn't losing anything. I couldn't understand for the life of me. I dropped calories down with the cardio a little bit. He still wasn't dropping. And I actually sat down, had a conversation with him and was like, let's have a look at your day. Like, what are you doing from start to finish? And a lot of the time, it usually comes down to habits and routines over the over the fact of what's really in a diet. Sorry. And he was actually, when we looked at his day, okay, before work, he was going to Starbucks. And his dinner, he was going to Starbucks. At the end of the day, he was going to Starbucks. Okay, what was he actually having when he went into Starbucks? We found out he was actually having a... What were they called? It was a venti caramel macchiato which was f- with an extra shot. Which is 320 calories per... Per drink. Per drink. So overall, he was almost going over each day by a 1,000. So I say it's a working week and not a full week. He was going over by 5,000 calories per week, which is way, way out of his def- deficit. Probably taking him into a surplus. So it was pretty easy to see just from having a couple of coffees per day why he wasn't losing weight. And at first, we were scratching our heads thinking... What is going on? And then that bombshell was kind of dropped and it was, we took those coffees out. He switched it for um, a normal Americana with a, a little bit of milk in and just start, the weight started flying off him. This is, and that was just from consuming coffee. So it, it's really easy to see when you start putting those kind of things in the perspective of things that people just pick up because they've become habits. And that's the big thing, habits. Once you've got that habit and it's been in your life for six months, a year, whatever it may be, it makes it kind of really easy just to become a subconscious decision that you don't even realize and doesn't slide into my fitness pal because why would it? It's just, you've been doing it for years anyway. Yeah, definitely. And again, these are not to be avoided. They're just factors to be aware of and to look into if you are on a fat loss journey or weight loss journey and you're not actually losing the fat. Like I have a flat white every single day. I have my heavy ass sourdough toast with shitloads of salty butter every day but I take into consideration because I know how many calories are in that flat white and in the butter a lot of people would just avoid it which is fine if you're not that bothered about fat loss or weight loss but if you are it's just something you have to have to be aware of yeah it's like when like I was at maintenance I'll just whack a load of fucking mayo and I wasn't that bothered about it because it's a bit of mayo. Not, yeah. not really awesome. Not looking to lose weight anyway. I'm just quite happy with what I'm doing. I'm enjoying my food. But then when it comes to at the moment where I'm cutting, I'm trying to drop weight. That has to be taken into consideration. So I'll bang a bit of mayo into my fitness pal. Yeah, tick. It's in there. No, at least not, not flying over my calories with it. Yeah. Now, our third point is all about 
weighing yourself and I think I'll probably let Ben take the mm-hmm. reins here a little bit more because personally I don't weigh myself well I've just done a post on it this week as well and I? Ben is just in a post on his Instagram I don't weigh myself because I had an eating disorder for nearly three years don't have a good relationship with them probably do now but the truth is I don't give a fuck what I weigh mm-hmm. I, re- I really just don't so Weighing yourself for me is really not important. Well, I have some clients who actually we've I'm, I'm, for a lot of lockdown we didn't weigh we didn't weigh we didn't have weigh oh, yeah. we just did images. <laughs> no, but and again, I know on social media there's like this culture of people I've seen it before dickheads smashing up scales with hammers and shit like cursing like the devil. And this is why I really want to educate people and highlight to people the importance of different tools and how they mm-hmm. can be used and how they can be used depending on your mindset and where you're currently at in your journey so to really simplify it i think that the scales are great for people on a weight loss journey i agree with that by the way mm-hmm. particularly if they are heavily overweight or obese mm-hmm. and the reason for this being is that when you're at the start of a weight loss journey, you generally, and if you have a lot of body fat, will lose weight quite quickly. So if you're only taking progress images and you're not weighing yourself, if you are a high body fat percentage, in that first three to four weeks, you might notice absolutely no difference in your composition because you're carrying quite a lot of body fat. However, if you were to jump on the scales, you might be a stone down and not even realize just because your body hasn't changed that much composition at the moment. Mm-hmm. So this is where the scale is important in both giving you indication of results, but also your motivation. Now, on the other hand, for people who are already low body fat percentage, starting off a weight loss journey, the scales might not be the best thing because you may be absolutely slaving yourself to cardio for a week. You may be hitting your caloric deficit, hitting your weight sessions, doing everything that you need to do, but have only dropped 0.5 pound or a pound and be quite, quite disheartened by the scales. However, when you look at progress images from one week to the next or two weeks on, you've lost a substantial amount of body fat because if you think of someone who's, let's say, 12% body fat, who loses a pound, that one pound is a big percentage of someone's body fat. Yeah, definitely. So so visually, that is going to be quite easy to see for compositional images. And that's why it's important to notice the difference and really look at the person who is on this journey because those different tools can mean very very different things to each individual depending on where they're currently at with their composition yeah and i think as a woman as well there are so many different i mean there's so many factors in general for weight like holding water salt stress sleep we did a whole podcast on sleep this could be a major considering factor why you're not losing fat but for women our hormones fluctuate so much throughout the month when we go for our menstrual cycle you will also notice your weight will definitely fluctuate i mean when you're in pms or you're actually on your period for women who are listening you could put on six or seven pounds during that period and no no it's not fat you haven't just automatically overnight put on seven pounds of fat you're holding a lot of water you're on your period your hormones are all over the place you might be eating a bit more there's so many factors to consider and I feel like people really really beat themselves up about this and I know this is a a woman talking and I know what we're like we're very emotional beings it's just something we do and then you look in the mirror and be like oh god there's no progress and this is why Ben is saying it's so important to use those other measurements like progress images for me 
are life-changing because I mean I've been in a cut for four or five weeks now for Lanzarote I've probably not lost a single pound because I'm also going through body recomp but that's okay that is okay for me because I can see from my progress images I'm really really making substantial progress which which kind of keeps me going I think a lot of people rely on that that number on the scale to go down to be motivated don't motivate yourself by the number on the scale yeah it's different for everyone and again i haven't weighed myself now i must be getting on for 12 months because i went through that really bad period when i had nes and the the, the disorder and i chose not to do it because i've seen spikes and troughs all the time just because of the way my eating was so sporadic but your spike i mean your spikes were big though weren't yeah, they? Yeah, i remember that yeah. one day you woke up the next day and you're like i've put on 12 pounds yeah yeah Exactly. And for you, for your mental state, I was like, you've got to stop. Fucked. Yeah, yeah. So, again, though, there's different ways of weighing yourself. Like, the the best way to weigh yourself, and this, this doesn't matter, like, wh- whether you want to argue with it or not, is to weigh yourself every single day. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that is or can be important is because when you weigh yourself every single day, what you basically take for the week is a weekly average. So, for example, you may be on a Monday two pounds heavier than you are on say like a Thursday or Friday. So what you will do for that week when you mark it down is take a weekly average. And the reason that's important is because most people's weight will fluctuate throughout the week depending on did you take a shit? How much water did you drink the day before? Um, What type of meals did you have the day before? Were they higher carb? Like a lot of these factors can influence where you stressed, how much sleep did you have? And this can be an indication week to week. Now, I don't believe mentally that that's a good thing to weigh yourself every single day unless you are in a mindset where that is okay. That kind of, okay, mm-hmm. that, that resonates with me. That's okay with me. For me, that's not. For a lot of my clients, it doesn't. However, what I'll sometimes do with clients is if we have like maybe fluctuations, I'll get that client to weigh himself from Monday to, to Saturday, sorry, Monday to Sunday for one week, just so I can kind of see how that, the weight fluctuates over a one-week period. And then at least going forward, I know, okay, this, the, the weight generally fluctuates from this point to this point, and we get a, a better indication of that. So, again, there's different methods of weighing yourself. You can do it every day. If you just do it once a week or time, obviously taking into consideration that sometimes there will be things that come into equation of why it may spike. You may weigh yourself on a Wednesday and then do it on Saturday, and it'd be completely different. So just make sure that you are aware of that. Other things, it might depend on where you weigh yourself. So you might weigh yourself in your bathroom, go into a different room, which I've done before. Because the, it's the, a different floor, the, the, isn't the floor it? The floor is different. Yeah. I've been two pound lighter, so I was like, fuck that, I'm weighing myself upstairs <laughs> now. But again, on this note, it, it doesn't matter about the type of scale that you use. I would recommend using the same scale every single week because it can be often very different if you go to the gym and weigh yourself mm-hmm. to, compared to at home. And... The other thing that you've got to take into consideration with the type of scale that you're using is I would always use a digital one because it is way more accurate. Oh, yeah, I couldn't. Well, I mean, I wear glasses. I couldn't for the life of me read. You, The ones where it's like a food scale. It looks like a yeah, food scale yeah, when it takes long. Yeah, so it's what my mum and dad have. I'm like, I have no idea what that says. Um, but yeah, you can get so frustrated so by actually not being accurate. Weigh yourself on the same scales, same time of day. Do it when you get up after taking a piss. Don't drink anything because, again, if I if you were standing on the scales and I was to throw you a two-litre bottle of water, are you going to be heavier? Yes. Of course you are. So if you drink a load of water for a day and weigh yourself later on, midday, end of the day, you are going to be heavier than your actual weight is. Your weight can fluctuate like two, three, four pounds from the start of the day to the end of the day. So just take that into consideration if you are weighing yourself at different points of the day. 
I think that's a really good point to know actually your body will look different at the start and at the end of the day and you always see these posts on social media like this was me at the start of the day and this was me at the end of the day I'm like it's not freaking you've not just found out like Newton's law do you know what I mean people think it's like whoa like you look so you're bloated at the end of the day I'm like holy fuck of course you are (laughs) Like, it's not a social media phenomenon that you look different after a whole day day of food. Mm-hmm. And people put this on as a post. I'm like, okay, you've not just broken science history. Like, that's kind of yeah. normal. Like, that things change. That things change. So the I have to throw that one in there. The other thing to, to note as well is that you, at the start of a weight loss journey, are going to lose way more weight than you will. The other thing. And this is what happens with a lot of my clients is I have some weeks with clients who have started off a higher body fat percentage. They lost seven pounds in the first week. Now, that's not seven pounds of body fat, by the way. A lot of that is going to be water weight. A lot of it's going to be glycogen, especially if we brought carbohydrates down in, the, in comparison to what they're usually eating, which is quite generally the case. Because when we bring carbs down, obviously, you're going to have less glycogen retention, so you're going to weigh less, you're going to have less water weight there. And it's important for them to know that because their expectations may be far too high to begin with. They think they're going to be losing seven pounds every week because you're just fucking not. Mm-hmm. Even losing... Uh, one to two pounds every single week is a high standard to set because you're going to get spikes, troughs and weight fluctuations and the average will be brought down. So it's important to know and to kind of not squash those expectations at the start, but just give yourself a little bit more reality that you're not going to be losing the same in the first one to two weeks as you will through the full journey. Yeah. Now, this moves us very nicely on to point number four. I actually think we've got six points because Ben has an extra point at the end. But number four I always four like to go a little bit. Is, a bit further and beyond. Yeah. Overestimating your active calories burned, which means a lot of people eat more to compensate for the calories that they've just burned. This is a, such a common question that we get. Oh, I've burned an extra 300 calories today. Can I eat 300 more? Well, no, because then that's just going to put back what you did say for like your cardio or whatever it is that you're doing for fat loss and this is why we tell people do not calculate your calories on my fitness pal because I'm sick of saying that to be honest it is so inaccurate if you calculate your calories on my fitness pal and there's a setting that is automatically on i don't know what it is in my fitness pal because i don't use it but it'll be automatically on so if your my fitness pal your phone is tracking you burning calories automatically without letting you know my fitness pal will put those calories back onto your your daily expenditure so say if you're in a deficit of 1800 and you move more i don't know that day or you've done some cardio it will then whack on 200 more calories for you to eat so Mm -hmm. it just it just cancels out what you what you've just done so we always recommend using our free calorie calculator on the my coach school because it is not it does not do that. Yeah. So basically what you're doing every day there is you've, you're showing up to work, you're putting a shift in, you're working your balls off or your tits off and you're not getting paid at the end of the day. It's basically yeah. what's happening because all the work that you're putting in is just getting sabotaged because of the active calories being added back in via extra calories. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this is also seen a lot of the time because me and Ben wear smart watches, you wear Apple watches. I've actually just been sent one from a company called Honor, which is also incredible and they aren't 100% accurate, but they are more accurate than cardio machines at the gym. So I've been doing cardio before, and say, for example, I'm on the cross trainer, and on the machine it says 300 calories burned. I look at my watch, and it's like 150 calories. It can be, it can be quite a lot different as it can, well. It can be up to 
different in terms of the calories on the machine, they are definitely not valid, which obviously really, really doesn't help anyone's fat loss yeah. journey if they are using cardio as a tool because they'll think they've burned like, what, 350 and they've done like 200 well, calories. I don't, I don't know whether that's a psychological thing, you know, with the way that they set up those machines and whether they, because if it's that, if it's that off with that percentage, I wonder whether it's a psychological thing and they purposely increase the amount of total calories burned so that it encourages you to go back and to the gym and use the machines because you feel like, oh, fuck me, I'll just burn 300 and whatever calories in this amount of time. I'm going to do the same again, whatever. Whereas if you truly knew how much work you had to put in to lose or to burn that much calories or that much energy, you'd probably be a little bit disheartened. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a really important point, actually. A woman to a guy in terms of body weight differences, muscle differences, testosterone differences... If Ben did cardio for half an hour on the Stairmaster, oh he'd probably do like 500 calories. Yeah. Depends what pace I'm going. If I did, well, the other day. Moderate de- pace. Mm. Five, four, four I'd do, No, I'd probably do about 400. 400 calories. I would do around 180. No, you do more than that. About 200. But the point is, no, because I just do not, I've got a very, very low heart rate fast metabolism so burning calories isn't really that quick for me but you have to take that into consideration like if you're training with your boyfriend or your friend and they've just burned 400 and you're sat there on 200 don't be disheartened that's completely okay you're a different body weight you have different muscle masses you're on different journeys different goals so don't be disheartened if your significant other or your friend or whoever you're training with burns more calories than you the only thing that comes into that though is that Obviously, when you're on a weight loss journey and you're doing cardio, because I fucking hate doing cardio as well. The other day, or the other week, I did 200 calories in 13 minutes on the Stairmaster. I mean, I had, to, I had to push it a little bit because I think we were in a rush to do something. But as the weeks go on, I'll have to work harder for longer to get that same amount of calories off. And that's just because your body becomes more efficient at dealing with those activities that you throw out or dealing with the demand or dealing with that calorie intake that you're on. This is why for weight loss journeys you can't just be on the same calorie intake for the entire journey because things change you it's not because you're doing anything wrong it's because your body becomes more efficient like when you're demanding change for your body your body will change and your body will adapt your body is a very very smart tool Mm -hmm. and it will change and adapt to those things that you throw at it so you will need to change things like with weight training you will need to progressively overload you can't just do the same reps or the same weight and expect your body to continue to change when you're not given an increase in demand and this is where another thing that creeps in is i think if you become too aggressive at the start whether that's with calories or whether that's with cardio a big knock-on effect from cardio is that your appetite is going to be way higher so you've got to take that into consideration that okay, I'm cutting way, way, way low now, so I'm going to be fucking starving. So don't overdo it at the beginning. If you're too aggressive, you'll end up hungrier and potentially going over your calories anyway. Yeah, I think people have to remember as well, if you're choosing your goal to be fat loss or weight loss and you are going into the midst of a deeper calorie deficit, don't complain that you're hungry. Like it's, it's everything happens, um, whenever it happens for a reason, that's the wrong quote. Everything you do is your own fault. It is your your goal, your purpose to lose fat. Don't then complain every day that you're hungry. It is your choice. You don't have to do that. Yeah. You can 
you can up your calories and maybe move a bit more or you can just slowly come out of your deficit because I always find people really really complain about it I'm like you've chose to do that goal you're going to be a little bit hungrier that are there sacrifices that you don't actually want to make like do you want to not have that goal anymore do you want to do something a bit different like having abs bullshit it's not the be all end all just have a rethink of your goals if you're finding yourself in a really negative mindset and complaining all the time about how hungry you are don't do it yeah I don't want to get off topic but the the one that fascinates me is oh, I'm on too little calories for weight loss. No, you're fucking not. No, you're not. Yeah. You're not on too little calories for weight loss. That that is the most bullshit thing I've ever heard in life. Just to put that into perspective, because I don't know if it was on a YouTube video or when Zach was on the podcast the other week, and he was talking about Chris Bumstead, mm. who is a massive. I think he must be six foot two. Um, I don't know if he's around like 250 pounds, like huge guy, competes at high level Mr. Olympia. He actually, did he win it last year or came second? Yeah. I think he might have won it. Yeah. And his calories actually come down to 1,500 calories when he's in prep, which is, he must be starving all the time. Mm. And people, people say, I'm not saying that people should do that, by the way, so please don't go away and do that because it's an extreme for an extreme sport. Yeah, it's crazy. But you, you you can't be on too little calories for weight loss. It just doesn't happen. So it like I said before, it's like if you took a, a dog to the vet because it's overweight, it's gonna say walk it more and eat less. It's it's as simple as that. You can't be on too little calories for weight loss. So I just wanted to to quickly ad- address that that point as well. Yeah, I definitely use the calorie calculator on the school to calorie to calculate your specific calories for a deficit. For me, I personally don't go lower than one thousand eight hundred. I just move more because I love food and I I really don't like whereas Ben would go lower than me and we've had a lot of people say like I'm on 1200 you really do not need to be you're probably not for one I'm probably yeah you're probably not but you do not need to be on 1200 calories like go back and recalculate on the school for 0.5 to one pound loss per week that is absolutely all you need I had this question from uh, one of our members on the school the other day I was the voice note on him on Instagram and he'd been on the calorie calculator and taking the lowest calculation straight away and obviously it's based on the benedict formula, formula. and he'd taken the lowest lowest of calorie and this is i think a question that we get quite often with the calorie calculator on the school is oh it's the same my calories gonna be this low isn't that ridiculous like it could be for females 800 it could be for a guy for 1500 and yes that is very very aggressive calories we're not saying you should start on that that uh, for example and i explained it to a guy I was speaking to on Instagram because he started on that and he'd lost a lot of weight quickly. However, that's not maintainable for a long period of time. That kind of calorie intake is is useful if you are a type of person who is going mega aggressive or doing diet breaks. I shouldn't really say all. Oh, it's for people doing diet breaks. So what you would basically do is start off that mega aggressive calorie intake and then you do a diet break for two weeks. So you bring your calories back up to maintenance. So if you look at that four-week period where you've done two weeks aggressive, two weeks of maintenance, what is the average calorie intake over that time? It's probably higher up on that scale of where you should be starting. Yeah. So if you're not doing diet breaks because that's a completely different method of dieting and weight loss altogether, if you're just looking to a process of a more sustainable weight loss and staying on a fixed calorie intake, start your calories off higher. At the end of the day, we want to do less to get more results and that's the way we want to wear things so then it gives us more wiggle room for me plateau to bring calories down yeah also with that formula we can't just take out 
do you know what I mean? We can't just remove parts of the calorie calculator because you don't like it. That is the most famous Benedict formula for calories. We can't just remove them. This is explained on the school as well. And it's explained on the school as well. The last point that I want to make on cardio, just before we move on, I was having this conversation with one of my friends this week. I do have friends, by the way. Just in case you were... Me. Lucy's (laughs) not my only friend. I do have... um, they have other acquaintances but we're based on a conversation about cardio and this, i don't think this is a very what's the word i'm looking for i think it's often used the way the way that i measure cardio well yeah I'll, i had some shit from someone on youtube because i measure it the same way i don't understand why but i, I mean it, it's massively dependent on the goal but i measure calorie uh, sorry i'm doing the wrong way i measure cardio by calories so if you're on a weight loss journey i believe what gets measured gets managed so if we have to increase the amount of cardio or decrease the amount of calories that we're intaking to increase that deficit to lose more weight then there's certain ways of doing that so with cardio i'll often go okay i need to increase the amount of cardio because i don't want to decrease food so i'll say okay this week i'm going to add in let's say five or six hundred calories worth of cardio so what i can then do is split that up i can either do one session and just bash out all the the calories of cardio in one session or can break it up into three sessions and do 200 calories per session and do a tag of 15 minutes on the end of each workout at least i know that i'm hitting that amount of calories from cardio per week whereas what a lot of people do is oh, i'll just go in the gym and do, I'll, I'll just do cardio at the end of the session i'll do 30 minutes or i'll go in and i'll just do an hour of cardio when well how do you know that's how much you need to do you could be underdoing it you could be overdoing it i'm not saying you need to go in and go and be measuring that amount of cardio all the time because it's dependent on goals. I just think it's a good way of doing it if you're looking at weight loss or fat loss. For some people, they might just be doing cardio for the heart. They might be doing it for the fitness. They might be doing it for performance. This will talk about the type of cardio that you're doing if your goal is just focused on fat loss. Yeah, this guy on YouTube, he was very against. He was like, this least eating disorder. like, no, no, actually it doesn't because if you're in that mindset of, you want to lose X amount of weight or X amount of fat loss in a period of time, actually measuring what you're doing is far better than just being like, oh, I do an hour of cardio because that's probably more detrimental. Just you could to be go, overdoing it. And you could be overdoing it by just going and doing an hour. So if you can measure that you only need to do 15 minutes three times a week, okay, Bob's your uncle. That is brilliant. That, that's so, a good example though, because I know some yeah. people who go, oh, I've got to go and do an hour today and then I've got to do an hour. They'll say, well, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, so much. I, I know to increase my deficit, I've got to do 600 calories extra for this week. So for me, that could be three sessions, doing 15 minutes at the end of my weight session. Like, I'm, I'm not in there for nowhere near as long. It's easy to do. I've just tagged it on the end of a session. It takes 15 minutes. I'm in, out, and done. Well, it's what I used to do when I did have an eating disorder. I used to go in and do cardio for an hour. Honestly, I must have racked up so many calories, whereas now I do three lots of 20 minutes a week on a cut. And one of those is actually going for a run instead, which I really enjoy. Whereas I u- I would have usually gone in and done like, I need to do an hour today mm-hmm. to even feel satisfied. So yeah, that's definitely an important point to make. So this is the fifth point we're going on to. Ben has an additional secret point at the end. But number five is not realizing you are going through body recomposition. A lot of people assume if their weight is not going down, then they are not losing fat. And this isn't always the case. If you are new to training, if you are coming back from time off, so say for example, COVID, obviously we were not in the gyms for an extensive period of time. 
Now, when you do take that amount of time off and you go back to something or you're a complete newbie, like I said, or maybe even you're taking training and nutrition more seriously. So you've really honed in on your training. You've really honed in on your nutrition a little bit. You might be experiencing something called body recomposition. And this is where you will lose fat and build muscle at the same time, i.e. you will real, you will stay and you re- will realize your weight will remain the same throughout this period. Now, when you, well, for one, muscle is a lot denser than fat. So if you are building muscle and you're noticing that the scales aren't moving, it's probably because you are staying the same weight, but it doesn't mean you're not losing that fat. It just means it's going to take you a lot longer to kind of see those changes. And this is why images and measurements and measuring your strength in the gym is so important because you can see you are making progress. You can see through the progress images that in three weeks time, you look trim around the waist, but your glutes look a little bit bit bigger. Your measurements, again, doing your thighs, doing your upper body, doing your chest, whatever it is. Okay, measurements are going up but my body fat seems to be going down from the progress images. So you are making progress, but do not just solely rely on those scales. Yeah, that's why when we talk about different metrics, there's there's simple things in life as well, which don't even require effort. For example, are your pants a little bigger? Yeah. Is your t-shirt a little tighter because now your biceps are massive? Yeah. Like there's there's little measurements that you you can notice from clothes. And a big one is that often a lot of people, whether it's family or friends, will recognize those changes more so than you will because you see your body every single day. So these are different points of feedback which are a little bit more natural than than, than metrics as well. And the one thing that you've got to remember with body recomp is that as you build more muscle tissue, your body will expend more energy, i.e. burn more calories because Mm -hmm. it's holding more muscle. So it's advantageous for you to be weight training and to be building muscle as part of a weight loss journey as well. And the big thing that you need to do is is make sure that with your training, you're still progressively overloading, even if Mm -hmm. you are still looking for fat loss. A lot of people always think, oh, should I increase the reps and lower the weight then just so I'm doing more and burning more calories in my session no you do not need to change your training if you actually want body recomposition you want to be doing the exact same training so be it strength hypertrophy work whilst you're in that deficit because if you don't you're going to start losing that muscle and that shape that you're actually pining for yeah 100%. I think the last one that I just wanted to tag on is a I suppose a little extra and I think a lot of people know this but still do it anyway. And this one comes down to having more control over anything. And that's just weekends. Mm-hmm. Now, for most people, this is where they'll fuck up on the diet because weekends is just kind of like, oh, I've done my Mondays or Friday. Routine changes massively. So where you'll use have the, the routine of week of the weekday, getting up at a certain time, eating these certain meals around work, around breaks around the gym so some people may not train the weekend so routine for a lot of people completely changes at the weekend and this is where it becomes difficult because you are responsible then for creating that routine habit i'm not saying that you need to be an absolute hermit at the weekend and stick to a a rigid regime but you need to just be a little bit more aware of what you happen because for a lot of people weekends become a period of binge eating 
going away, going out having drinks. And again, this is an important part of creating a healthier and happier lifestyle to have that balance and flexibility. But it can't just become a black hole where basically you just fuck everything up for the week. Because mm-hmm. if I give you an example of a setup of calories, what a lot of people's week will look like, is that they'll stick to the calorie deficit from Monday to Friday of, I don't know, whatever it is, and then they'll get to Saturday and Sunday and they'll completely change and they'll fly over. So if you set up, for example, your calorie deficit at 10%, so let's say, for example, a guy, um, his maintenance is 2,500 calories to maintain weight, and he drops himself into a 10% deficit per day, so he drops his calories to 2,250 per day. So that brings him into a calorie deficit. So for the week, your total deficit is going to be 1,750 calories. That's 10%. But on a Saturday, he decides, okay, I'm going to eat 3,200 calories. And on a Sunday, I'm going to go, to, I'm going to go for a, a breakfast with my mate. And then I'm going to go for a roast dinner at my mum's. And then we'll probably watch a bit of TV and I'll have a bit of, um, what's the oven? A bit of white chocolate. Mm. So for the week, the whole week's fucked then. Because he's not only probably gone into a maintenance, he's now into a surplus because he was only in a 10% deficit anyway so now because of that weekend it's taken him out of that and the whole week work is gone and that's how easy it is i know it's frustrating for some people but you can fuck up your whole week just on a saturday and sunday so that's why it's important for the way that you're setting up your week one i believe you need to have that balance by having a a, a treat meal or something that you want to do or going out but that should be a meal a meal not a whole day of binging never mind the whole weekend and this is why I don't recommend being too aggressive because it sets you up over a weekend just to want to completely fuck it all up. Mm-hmm. So instead of having a load of calories on a Saturday and Sunday, give yourself a little bit more. Don't make that deficit too big to start off with and you can have a little bit more flexibility through the week. You need to see this as a, as a lifestyle choice and not a quick fix. And something that you ask yourself, okay, can I see myself doing this for the rest of my life? Because you want to get to a point where you're happy, where you're confident, where you feel good, where you look good, where your performance is good. And that to be a sustainable, long-term, uh, I suppose, position that you're in. Whereas when we look, at, and this is what a lot of people tend to try and emulate, is they look at a fitness model or a bodybuilder and go, I want to look like that. And the point of a bodybuilder is to be as lean as possible, to have the least amount of body fat, but holding the most amount of muscle tissue for an hour on stage. Not for the fucking a couple of months or a year, for an hour on stage of however long they're posing for. And... The goal for the general public is to just lose a little bit of weight without living like a hermit. Yeah. So you need to really readdress where your comparisons are and not turn your weekends into a load of binge eating because you've been too strict following someone else's diet through the week. Yeah, I literally couldn't said. Sorry, it I know Rob for Rambler. I couldn't said it better myself, and I think treat meals they're not you're not cheating on your diet or anything a treat meal is kind of like going out for dinner having a glass of wine doing this doing that something you wouldn't do every single day of the week basically mm-hmm. and i think it's just so important obviously what we've spoke about today a lot of you might just think ah yeah okay that's me with the coffee oh yeah that's actually me with the cardio oh i think i'm doing that with the scales there might have just been something in this podcast that's kind of like flicked a switch in your in your brain and you can then move forward with your fat loss yeah, journey. And even when I was doing comp prep uh, a few years ago, I've only done it once, I was still had, although I didn't set up like, okay, I have a treatment, I can include whatever in it, I go out and bash load the calories in, like sometimes we do now when we have a meal. 
I still was given a set amount of calories. So it might have been like, I think at the time it might have been seven or 800 calories and I could have like whatever in that period of time. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those. I think those treat meals are important because some people just won't do it and end up binging and it doesn't create much of a lifestyle. At the same time, from a psychological point of view, it is great for just positively reinforcing those good behaviours. But yeah, just to conclude on this one, I just wanted to say to people that, remember, when you're on your weight loss journey, weight is just a number, and it's not actually your self-worth. So keep in mind, this will change from time to time. It will spike, it will drop, and it will play mind games with you. As long as you know why these factors are going to occur, again, it makes it a lot more easier to manage. So rather than seeing a spike in weight and being pissed off, thinking you're fucked up and then giving up, realize it's all a part of the journey. I've never had a weight loss journey where my weight didn't spike. It's just normal. So stop being a dick to yourself. And if you do need to make changes, look at the reasons why and they, and then make decisions and give yourself advice that you would give to someone else. That was beautiful, beautifully said. And as always, guys, oh, just a quick reminder again, bands release Friday, 7 p.m. BST. Very excited. Very, very excited on Fridays. 7 p.m. BST. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you found it valuable. Make sure you go over to the My Coach School, uh, www.mycoachschool.com and click on that free calorie calculator. You will find it very, very beneficial and it won't add on more calories for you Mm -hmm. as always please share on socials on instagram on facebook tag myself and ben we absolutely love seeing you guys reposting things like that oh yeah and if you could please leave a review on the podcast that'd be massively 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 helpful and of course if you've taken anything away from this podcast and it was helpful please tell someone else about it as well oh yeah that's a big thing for us because the other thing that's going to be coming, it might either be before Christmas, or it might be slightly after Christmas, is that we are actually going to be setting up a website for the podcast. So you can go on there. Any links that we've talked about, anything in the podcast that we've shared, you'll actually be able to go on and click straight into and have a mm-hmm. look and there'll be some notes and stuff on there. Just gives us a place for us to, to host it and give you a little bit more info about the podcast as well. Yeah, so have a great day or evening wherever you are in the world and we'll catch you soon. Bye, Bye guys. guys.